the blast from our past network. This week on Talking Back. Now this is what a Star Wars movie should be. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. With me this week is Dean. Deaner. What's up, man? How's it going? Deaner. Nice. Good name. Deaner. It's going well. Um, That Deaner is just flashing me back with a bunch of memories. I used to be called Deaner on my baseball team, and that's like... The only time I've ever been called Deaner in my life. Oh, that's a good that's a good baseball name. Yeah, I loved it so much that I got a baseball hat and embroidered Deaner on it. Oh, nice. Yeah. You gotta pull that out. Yeah, I don't know where that is. Um also I don't really like wearing hats with your own name on them. I think that's uh, kinda weird. But when I was a uh twelve year old kid, I thought that was real cool. Just say it's like your gra- your grandfather's hat or something. Yeah, yeah, I should. Grandpa Deaner. It was written in kind of like kind of cursive, so it actually looked like Denver. Oh, okay. Yeah. You could pass that could pass as something else then. Hey, do you feel that? Do uh, you feel that? I definitely feel something. Are you feeling that energy? That force? I going feel, through your body right now? I feel a little yeah, a little tingly right now. Do you know why? I don't. It's because it's May the fourth, Dean. It's Star Wars Day. And the force is chugging through our bodies right now. Oh, that's what that is. You're not even sitting down. You're levitating above your seat right now. Uh, I am. Yeah, I thought it was just the beer. No, no, that's an incredible feature doing. Um, listen, Star Wars Day. We're going to do a Star Wars episode. But first, I thought I should let you know uh, that bobblehead you gave me, yeah. the head fell off. No way. Yeah, it fell, it fell right off. <laughs> that is a really bad sign, Tim, because I don't know is if you it? remember the bobblehead story. No, I remember it, yeah. That um, is my likeness, Tim. If the head fell off, I feel like my head is next. If it makes you feel any better, I, I examined it and okay. it was um, previously like loosely glued on. Okay. So somebody had already done some patchwork on it. I think what had happened is they, they possibly glued it really cheaply okay. and then sent it to the thrift store. Okay. It was just like, well, here you go. Here's a working bobblehead. Right. But it okay. wasn't quite working. But anyways, I, I plan on fixing it, but it's currently in the in the desk in two pieces. So. Oh, no. Headless. Headless Dean. Yeah. Let us know if weird things start happening. I definitely will. I'm, I'm actually very afraid right now. This well, is- this is the thing. I didn't want to scare you. I didn't really want to alert you. So this happened more than a month ago. Oh, my goodness. How have things been going for you? <laughs> Things have since. been actually okay. I so that's think. why I didn't want to like I didn't want to alert you because I thought yes. maybe if I alerted you and and put that bad energy out there, then you might start noticing things. So I just held on to that information. It's been happening. It's happened a long time ago. You're you're still here. I can see your head is attached to your body. So I think things are going to be okay. I'll, I'll get it fixed. Um, but I, I think I think everything's fine. I think it's okay. I've I've been having a little neck pain, but I think it's okay. Okay. What a great day. Star Wars Day? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Can we just talk about the day? Let's just talk about how clever it is that May the 4th is Star Wars Day. Come on. Good job, world. 
I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sold on that. Come on, Tim. I, I it's too cheesy for me to be honest with uh, you. I love cheese. I'm all about the cheese. I love the fact that there's a Star Wars day, but May May the Fourth. It always when any whenever anybody says it, I'm just kind of like, eh. I think I already said it, but it's just kind of like, mm, Tim. I eh, I, don't know. I am lactose I don't know. intolerant, so I can't have actual cheese. So this is the yeah. cheese that I like to ingest. <laughs> there you go. See, I am I'm able to eat cheese. So okay, I don't need okay. to digest this. You don't need extra cheese in your life. No, I don't. So I don't know. Love it, hate it, doesn't matter. Love, I love Star it. Wars. We're doing a Star Wars uh Star Wars episode here. We were trying to figure out what to do. We haven't really like dove into the Star Wars universe very much other than our Christmas special and uh star wars visionaries yeah yeah we tim we haven't really yes here's Dean? the thing there's a couple things that are very important to us a couple things and star Only wars is one of them that is it very is important to us so we want to be strategic about how we attack that content so that's what made it very difficult today that's correct so we haven't really talked about the movies we haven't talked about the Clone Wars 3D animated series with many, many seasons, which is one of my favorite television series of all, of all of them. There it is, people. I would, I, I, I feel like I want to go through that one episode by episode. Yeah, I don't know how that's possible. Currently doesn't fit with our... <laughs> Our, uh, our our system of yeah. talking back. That's How why many... we haven't done that. I don't just want to jump in and start picking off episodes of that. It might get to that, but I'm I'm trying to wrap my brain around how we can possibly do that series because yeah. it's so good. Well, you know, uh, it's easy. It's we do some sort of spinoff podcast, but we just need some sort of money for that. So like everybody send us money. It would have to be that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Send us money. Send us money uh, and been... we'll do Clone Wars. You've been getting fan fan money or listener money for a while, haven't you? I get a lot, yeah, but it, it is specifically labeled for me, um, so oh, yeah, I yeah. keep that. I put that in the bank. But if yeah. it was, if it had both our names on it or something like that, or the podcast name on it, then we could use that to do the Clone Wars. That would be amazing. I yeah, would love that. But I'm just going to keep um, the stuff that's to me for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if people are interested in a possible Clone Wars rundown on talking back let us know let us let us know what uh you the listeners want even if it's not that what do you guys want what do you guys and gals out there want yeah here's the thing we'll do it let us know oh we will do it we'll actually do it if we like it if we like it i mean if we actually we, won't do it here's the thing tim we'll, we'll do, do it, it if, if we like one it. of us likes it that's true right yeah, we will if the yeah. listener suggests something and one of us likes it we're definitely going to do it and you like some terrible stuff, so. I like so much stuff and like half of it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so really throw anything out there. I probably love it. <laughs> yeah, a lot. If you throw a lot of things at Dean, it's probably going to stick. So yeah, let us know. That's that's interesting. Let us know what you think. But getting back to the day, Star Wars Day. May the 4th. Oh, man. Okay. I just want to say right now, please don't say that anymore. Okay. And I'd appreciate if we don't get any emperor um, <laughs> <laughs> outbursts from you. <laughs> Let's throw that out there right now okay. before I forget. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, we, we, we know the type of power that it is. Okay, sure, fine. Okay. I mean, I may have to bring it up, but I won't do the impression. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah. 
that um, that impression. We we did an impression battle on our visionaries. Yeah episode and i think that's where it should live okay just on that episode i mean i did bring it to another podcast but uh... i know i brought it to a couple i think (laughs) (laughs) it's my calling card man i've got a strong feeling it might come up again it may it may all right dean we are doing star wars clone wars the clone wars but this is not to be confused with the clone wars 3d animated show that i was just gushing about This is something different. This is a 2D animated show that was released in 2003 on the Cartoon Network. It was created by Gendy Tarkovsky, and we're going to call him Gendy because that's a difficult name to continue to say. This show, it was created to bridge the gap between Attack of the Clones in 2002 and Revenge of the Sith in 2005. So... It was three seasons. What we're going to be doing today is we're going to be doing season one. Yeah. So we're going to do the first 10 episodes. What do you think about this show, Dean? Um, Well, this whole time you've been talking, I was just thinking, I said it was The Clone Wars, and now I'm not sure if this one's called The Clone Wars or if the other, the 3D animation is called The Clone Wars. This this one is called Clone Wars. Okay, so I fucked it up. I'm sorry. Everybody. I didn't want to. I didn't want to like call you out. And you should have. But this is Star Wars Clone Wars. Now it's called Volume One technically, but Volume One includes Season One and Season Two. Yes. And Volume Two collects Season Three. We're not actually doing all of Volume One. We're right. doing half of Volume One. We're doing Season One. So. So I think this is a really cool idea for a cartoon show because. George Lucas was like, yes, I have this great idea for movies. It's called Star Wars. And then we're going to do some prequels and we're going to do something called Clone Wars, where it's actually like the wars happen. This is what we're talking about when we talk about Star Wars. But you know what? We're not going to put it in any of the movies. Um, That's fine. There's no actually Clone Wars in any of the movies, but that leaves it open to do an incredible animation show about the Clone Wars. That's right. I love it. Now, this show... Let's just, I'm just going to throw it out there. This show, this Star Wars Clone Wars is fucking amazing. Tim? It's, it's insane. If you have not seen this, turn this podcast off and go and watch it. If you're a Star Wars fan and have not seen this, you have to see this. This came out, like I said, 2003. This short series had such a huge influence on the rest of the Star Wars universe that was to come. That it's it's incredible. Now, it's really digestible. Like we're saying there's three seasons here, but if you watch this back to back to back, it's gonna run you just over two hours. It was made to be like a movie. So developed and directed by Gendy Tarkovsky. I absolutely love this dude. Okay, I'm a huge fan of Samurai Jack. And he was the creator, director, writer, storyboard artist, sheet timer, voice director, producer, and executive producer on that show. Wow. That's a lot of things. It is a lot of things. He wears a lot of hats. Samurai Jack is my favorite television show of all time. Wow. Yes. I, I will stand by that. I will not be swayed from that. Amazing. For... For all the different things that go into a show, 
I'll throw some of them out there. Sound, story, visuals, pacing, structure, anything. This show is 10 out of 10 in all of them. It's just, it's a, it's perfection. It's a perfect show. So I will die on that hill of Samurai Jack being my favorite TV series of all time. And all the things you just said and just listed are things about this Star Wars Clone Wars. Yeah, clearly, because he's that are ten out of ten. Yeah, this is he. He's done it. So yeah, um, he's worked on a bunch of other stuff, um, a a bunch of other popular stuff in the '90s and the 2000s. But on the Clone Wars, he brings a select few from his Samurai Jack team onto this project. So we've kind of talked about this a little bit before on our Star Trek 2009 episode, where you have. Abrams, and he already had these established relationships with the two writers and the producer, and how their familiarity translated into this exceptional work, because they, they they knew each other already, and they've worked together. Um, I feel like the same thing happens here. You've got this team that's already worked on a great program, coming together to work on something different. They know each other's ins and outs, and they just kind of hit the ground running. Now, each one of these seasons won an Emmy Award for Outstanding Animated Program. Cool. Deserved. And the series, I say the series, but I think it was just volume one. So season one and two. Listen to this. They were developed in two weeks. What? What does that mean? They made it in two weeks. Like the animation and everything? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. No, I know. It doesn't make any sense at all. But these guys, like this is this is how good they are. Yeah. Right? Like they've already they've already done... Uh, many, many um, other animated shows that are really, really great. They've just got the process down. They probably sat in this room and just crushed it out in two weeks. Wow. <laughs> Insane when I heard Insane. that. Insane, yeah. Now, I think it was just season one and two because I think season three got greenlit off of the success of one and two. Right. So I don't I mean, think that if, was included in this. Yeah, if they were all 15-minute episodes or 12-minute episodes or whatever it was in season three, then uh, that seems like it was off the back of the success of season one and two. Definitely. Yeah. We can get into the story, unless there's anything further you'd like to, to say in our opening segment. Um, no, I think I had things to say, but I forgot them. So if they come up, I'll uh, I'll shoot them in there. Well, that's too bad because I, I was really hoping to take a big sip of beer right there. Oh, but I won't. I won't. Shoot. Moving on. <laughs> so we open with a classic Clone Wars battle montage. Right? Oh yes. You get Yoda. The very first thing you see Yoda is riding something, maybe a tauntaun. Perhaps. It looks like a tauntaun. Riding it into battle. Yeah. And he's giving the short narration about. Uh, the Clone Wars, basically the time and, and what, what's all going on in it. Yeah, it's basically a, sh- a setup of like what the show is going to be. Um, so it, there's not really narration over many other parts of this, um, no. but it's it's nice to set it up. I've watched it a couple times now leading up to this podcast, and it really it really sets the tone of what you're going to be watching and what you're getting into because you never really saw any of these wars in any of the movies. You just know that, you know, there is going to be a Clone Wars. You know that episode two is called Attack of the Clones. Um, And we're not actually going to see that war. It's going to be the aftermath when we get to the next movie. So it's a nice setup in this first three minutes that like there's 
this is what the wars were like. And this is where you're going to see all of the clones, all of the droids, and all of the Jedis. Exactly. Now, keep in mind how Attack of the Clones ended the movie, right? It ends with them getting this giant army. Yep. Right? Yep. Now, this picks up right after that. It's the Jedi with that army. Totally. They're using this army to fight the Separatists, and that's what we're shown here, right? And this is the very next Star Wars material that came out after Attack of the Clones. Yeah, that's so what's it's just, cool. It's the very next thing that happens. You're just right there. Continuation. Yeah, this would hype me so hard for Revenge of the Sith. I would be 100%. so fucking hyped for that movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I was so hyped for it. Yeah, I didn't really watch... like I. I I, I saw some of these shorts on TV, um, but I didn't really catch them all while this was happening. Uh, when, when they were coming out, I was like getting into university my first year. So I was kind of, you know, busy and dealing with that. And I didn't really get to watch as much TV. And I kind of missed this. And then I never really went back and visited it until like this for this podcast. I watched it all. And this was kind of the first time I watched everything. And if I watched this back in like 2003 when it came out, I would have been so hyped for Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, that's how I watched it. I watched it um, cool. as they came out. They they released them basically once a day, um, like over the course of two weeks on the Cartoon Network. But then they released them online the next day. So you could just watch them online. That's where I caught them. Cool. Um, I can, oh, dude, it was I was so I was so hyped for it. Even though they were like three to five minutes, it's so much better. I have the DVDs of them now, so I can just watch the whole thing like a movie. But uh, even watching just the the you know one three three minute segment was so exciting. Oh, totally! Like it it makes the prequels better. Like I understand why you love the prequels. I love them too, but I can totally get why you would love them watching this show as it was coming out because it makes it better because it gives you so much depth to some of these characters where you didn't quite get it in just the movies. Definitely. Anytime you get new Star Wars content, it just makes the rest of the universe that much better. Yeah. That's one of the great things about um, not only this Clone Wars, but the other, the Clone Wars animated show, because they do so much world building in that show. And they, there's so much content that, oh my goodness, that's the goldmine of Star Wars content if you're looking for it. Yeah. I will never watch it unless we get money. Oh, well, might just be a solo effort then, Dean. (laughs) (laughs) No, listeners Uh, just need to send us money. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) So we get, um, after that quick uh, battle sequence, we've got Yoda, Obi-Wan, and Anakin, and they're all talking to Palpatine. And Palpatine suggests giving Anakin a larger role in this battle. He wants Anakin to take command of a space fleet. I really, I really like this scene. Um, number one, because uh, Palpatine has extremely puffy shoulders, and that's kind of cool. And, it's a cool um, costume. Yeah. It's a cool costume. Number two is because Yoda, just for like a second, says like, "Oh yeah, Anakin's been like doing a good job. He's pretty powerful." And then Palpatine's like, cuts him off at that point, and he's like, "Okay, it's done. It's been decided. Anakin should lead." Yoda was trying to politely let down Palpatine. Exactly, yeah. By saying like, yes, he is doing a great job, but yeah. they think it's too early and Palpatine quickly jumps in, yes, and overpowers them. 
And I, I like to think that he like somehow used some sort of like subtle use of the force there that they didn't really pick up on. Cause both Obi-Wan and Yoda looked at each other and they're like, uh, what just happened? Like how, totally. how did that just happen? Yeah. He so, knew. Really cool. He knew. Who knew? Who knew? The emperor knew. He knew what? He knew what Yoda was going to say. Oh, you think so? Oh, yeah. Like, I think, I think I'm he just with you. He that. used a little bit of the force there to know where that conversation was going to be going, and he cut him off. So, so basically, it's been like two minutes of the show. Yeah. And they've kind of already summed up like so much of what you need to know. You get to see all the major players. Yeah. Right. You've seen, you've seen all the different Jedi. You've seen Yoda. You've seen Anakin. You've seen Obi Wan. You've seen. Um, Mace Windu. You've seen a few other Jedi's. Yeah, yeah. You've seen Palpatine. You've seen the clones. You've seen the separate separatist droids. Yeah. They set it all up like that. It's it's great. But what I love about these first couple minutes is Anakin, because you know me, Tim. I love Darth Vader. I love Anakin's story. I hate Hayden Christensen in the movies. I think he's just a whiny baby. And I don't think you need to play that character as a whiny baby. I think you can get the tragedy out of him without that. And when he is just taking off to go into battle, I get everything I need out of his relationship with Padme in a in in one like second, basically, of this animation. Where he's not incredible. It's it was, incredible. It was so incredible. It's the I, I'll just say I'll let you finish that story. I'll just say one thing. It's the only time in this this season, like season one, that we see Padme. It's yeah. for a fraction of a second, and it's all you need. And and go on. Yeah, and but I mean, before I go on, I mean, she looks really good. We just gotta say that. Get that out there. She looks great. Yeah, I um, mean, she's a hot, a hot looking two D cartoon sprite. Yeah. Yes, as as best as you can look as a two D cartoon. Um. So uh, yeah, as he's like leaving to battle. He rises up in his um, in his spaceship and he sees Padme at a window and he just kind of puts his hand up to the the ship's glass and she puts her hand up to um, her window. And, you know, in that moment that she wasn't there to, like, send him off because their love is secret. So she couldn't just, like, go and say goodbye to him and hug him. She just had to stay in her room and they look at each other and I feel like they love each other. I don't feel like it's this like boy who's just pining after this woman, which is what I feel like the entire prequels. Um, I feel like they love each other and they are both very sad in this moment. She's sad he has to go. He's sad that he couldn't like hug her goodbye and that he has to leave her right now. It's more emotion between the two characters in that whatever 10 seconds of this animation than in, for me, the entire prequels. Well, totally. That's the thing is that's all you need. Yeah. That's all you needed. You needed two seconds to show us that it was a heartfelt goodbye. Do you know how they sh- they showed us that? By not showing it to us. Yes. Right? They just, they briefly, it was like, there wasn't even time for them to say goodbye, but they did. You don't need this long drawn out like bullshit. It was just, it was short and sweet, which is something that the movies often missed out on. Yeah. Can you, can you imagine being like, in the pilot seat of a spacecraft 
that just has kind of like a bubble window and you're flying off and you just see like your love, which is secret. And you kind of see her as you're taking off and you just put your hand against the glass. Like that is such a huge, powerful moment. Mm -hmm. So they kind of go in different directions here. Uh, Anakin goes up to space and Obi-Wan stays on the ground. Now, this is the first time that those two have been separated mm. as well. This is that first moment. They've been true uh, Master and Padwan up until this point. Now, this is obviously what Palpatine was looking for, right? He's looking to separate that relationship. He's looking to drive the dark side into Anakin. And this is his, the very first opportunity where he gets to separate Anakin from his, his teacher, from those teachings of Obi-Wan. So... That's fucking cool. It's really cool. Um, and they have like a to, little... Just to get to see that moment. Yeah. Um, and what I like about it too is that I, I always kind of tie it back to the movies because that's all I had seen until this point. So in Attack of the Clones, they're kind of at each other the whole movie. And then in Revenge of the Sith, they're kind of buddies. So I always wondered what happened in the middle there to get them to sort of at each other's throat to be buddies. And right. so we start off and they're kind of at each other's throat a bit here. Like Obi-Wan's not super impressed with Anakin. He doesn't think he's ready. Yes. And Anakin is not ready. Yeah. To go. He's powerful enough to go, but yeah. he's not ready. Yeah. As a Jedi, he's not ready to do this. Jedis are but fucking powerful in this cartoon. Yes. They, they, they fucking sure are. They've they really it's, it's probably... Um, some of the best like displays of power. Oh, totally. I know. I I I, I keep going back to uh, the other Clone Wars yeah. series, which yeah. has some incredible displays of power. But this, yeah, this is near the top. It's just it's insane. You don't. Yeah. This is definitely stuff you don't get to see in the movie. No, you get to see you get to see fragments of it. Yeah, but they can't really do it as well because of this being the animated format. They can do so much more with it, and it's just easier for them to get across. So they don't hold back with it, right? They just, they did like, this is the world that we live in. We can do whatever we want. Let's have fun with it, right? Let's let these characters loose. Totally, yeah. That's why I feel like if we're like, if we have to rank Jedis on power and stuff, it's like Luke gets a little bit of a disadvantage because he doesn't have an animated series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see him in an animated series though. He'd be great. Totally, totally. So we uh, we follow a team of ARC troopers who are trying to take back um, a city that's under separatist uh, control right now, and the main army is attacking from the like from one side of the city, and they send this small team of ARC troopers around kind of the back way to try to take out the heavy guns that are stopping their pursuit from that one side. Tim, you know what's so cool about this part? The sound. It's so quiet in this episode because they're sneaking in the back way and they're trying to be, they're trying to be secret while the, like, while the, while the battle's going on on the other side, they want to like sneak in. So it's dead quiet and we don't hear anything. That's a really good point because that's like a staple of what, uh, Gendy does in his shows. And I've got a quote here from him. He says, a good action sequence is really like a good musical sequence. There's ups and downs, and there's a natural rhythm. Even where it's just sound effects and there is no music, it's still rhythm and pacing. I love that. 
that's what this guy does. This is this is why I love Samurai Jack so much and why this this Clone Wars is so great. It's because there's these elements that he uses that you don't really consider because not a lot of other people do it. Not a lot of other people will just let something be silent, right? And utilize silence as a tool. And this guy is not afraid to do it. He's not afraid just to use sound effects, just to use silence. He's not, he, he's a master at anticipation. And by that, I just mean not like anticipating what the next scene is going to be, but just pausing for three seconds so that us, the viewer, anticipate the next moment that much more. And then he executes on what you know is going to come, but he just gives you a couple seconds to wait for it. Yeah, Tim, you're totally right on that. Like, and it and it really shows in this episode um, where they're like, where those troopers are on the ground because it's completely silent when they're sneaking in, and then they kind of like see some droids or or some droids see them and start shooting, and then they shoot back at the droids, and then like you said, it's just sound effects. He's okay here to just let gun sound effects, like blaster sound effects, be it, and it's quiet, and you hear like a couple of the pew pews, you're hearing the blasters. But then somebody takes out like a rocket launcher. And as soon as they fire that first rocket and that first rocket hits the building, then the soundtrack comes in. And right. it's like, now we're in a battle. And I love that anticipation working up. It totally could have been just some sort of soundtrack as soon as they hit the ground. And that would like drive how we're supposed to feel. The quiet, it, it makes me anxious. It makes me anxious in this war. Like I'm, I'm on my toes with them then you'd get the quietness of war where it's just it's like it's just gunfire that's all you hear but as soon as that first explosion happens boom now we hit you with the soundtrack and now we're in it love it so the use of no dialogue and no music in this scene really works because these are like uh they're like army troops right so they're doing everything that we need to see from them with with hand signals they're like they're pointing you know, to each other to catch each other's eyes. And then they're doing like their hand signals, like close the hand, uh, which means something. And then like directed, you, you go over there, the like points his hand out that way. You guys too, you two go that way. Then you two go this way. And then there's like, he'll point up to a building. Like there's somebody up there. We need a bazooka up there to shoot them. And everything's done. Like it would be done when you need to be in silence. Right. So they put us in silence and just let the, let the, ar- let the army guys do their thing. Right. Totally. And that's that's how like that scene is so effective with the sound. And then it's also so effective with the color. Like we see these clone troopers and, you know, some of them pop out of this spaceship and, you know, some of them have blue stripe and then some of them got this red stripe on their helmet. And you're like, OK, these are different classifications. Yeah. There's a different importance of these guys and they really stand out. And you just like focus on the guy with the red stripe. and You're like, OK, that guy's probably in charge. Right. So we should look at that guy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the the red stripe is a captain, the blue stripe is lieutenant, and then the other the white guys were just troopers. But cool. yeah, you get to see you get to see what the different ones do, right? Like the the red guys calling the shots, blue guys working some of the heavier uh, artillery, and then the, the the white guys are just kind of following all the orders. But uh, this this crew of troops they they managed to get to the, like the city center. I'm I'm calling it the citadel. It's like the tallest tallest part of this. Yeah. Uh, the city and they um basically get to the top of this citadel and plant these explosives on this giant gun that was causing all the problems and they destroy it 
and now the the other troops are free to start moving forward um, into the city. Now we switch gears here a little bit. I think we get Yoda giving us an introduction to this one again, but the the Mon Calamari and the the Quarin, the Quor, Quarine, I think the Quarine, the Quarine Isolation League, um, which are the two species that live on that planet. Oh yeah, okay. Um, they're at odds with the with each other. The, I think the Mon Calamari are um, like a part of the you know the Republic, and the uh, Quarine have decided to side with the Separatists. So. Um, they, the, the Mon Calamari need some, uh, Jedi assistance and they send master Kit Fisto in to help. Yeah. Because you know what? We're like, we're on a, a planet with a lot of water. So what do we do? We send in the fucking water Jedi. Do we got one of those? We got a water Jedi. Yep. Kit Fisto sent him in. Fucking do. He, he's got big black eyes. He's a Nautiloan. That's his, that's his species. Um, this guy's got some screen time from the, the the later Clone Wars animation series. And he was seen briefly in episode two, Attack of the Clones. But yeah. this is by far and beyond the coolest this guy has ever looked. Like this oh, is totally. the epitome of how this character should look. He he's, he's so fucking cool. Um, totally. Like he, he, he like, flashes a smile in Clone Wars. Like he he does something, flashes a smile, and then in um, Revenge of the Sith, he kind of dies like a punk. Like he kind of he, of, yeah. he fights. He, he I think he's fighting. It's when they come to arrest Emperor. I think like with Palpatine. Yeah, I think he goes to get um, Palpatine. I think he's in Attack of the Clones. I think he's on the uh, the battlefield near the end yeah. on. Uh, Genosis, Genosis. Yeah. and yeah. then yeah, I think he's one of the guys who goes to get Palpatine. Yeah, and he kind of dies. He doesn't do a really great job in that movie. But he also but doesn't this, look great, right? He doesn't look great in in the live action. He doesn't look like he's really that good of a Jedi. No, but in this in this uh, series, oh damn! Um, oh yeah, he's uh, he's definitely at home in the water. It doesn't take us yeah. long to figure that out. Totally. <laughs> It's a water battle. Yeah. Oh, it's, a, it's, it's, under, it's all underwater. Anymore. It's water wars. Yes. He, um, him and his clone troops, they, they all go underwater to battle the Quarine. And um, yeah, he, he's just like kicking the shit out of everybody. Like, yeah. The, the, the Mon Calamari, they join in, but it's like unnecessary because uh, uh, Kit Fisto is just doing all of the damage himself. Now, the, yes. the Quarine... Go ahead. And they join in on they join in on giant eels though, and that's pretty badass. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it, yeah, it looked cool. Great. It looked cool. Now the the Corine have one like massive lobster gun sitting on the ocean floor, which is really cool. This thing just yeah. is like loading up all its energy and then blasting from the bottom of the ocean all the way through the top and just slicing the ships that are um, on the water, just slicing them in half. It's doing some serious damage. It's doing serious damage. But Kit Fisto, that's not a problem for him. So he is using like force water balls. It yeah, looks he like. makes a force water ball. He makes a force water ball and he throws it so fast. Yeah. It goes through three of the steel legs yeah. of the robot. Um. I fucking call it lobster. The robot lobster goes yeah. through three of the legs and it doesn't lose any speed. And it bursts out the back going just as fast as when he threw it. 
Yeah. So now the robot lobster is like tilting a bit. He's falling a bit, doesn't have his footing. And the fucking eels come in. Our, our eel boys come in and push that guy over, push the lobster into a big hole. Push it down the hole. It's too Great. bad. It's too bad that the lobster gun set up right beside a giant pit. <laughs> I know that was that Probably was like a little a misstep on their yeah on their part. Yeah, don't set up near a hole because then you could get pushed into it. That's right. Yeah, they'll know for next time. Yeah. Uh, also, get more of those those lobster guns. Damn, those things. Uh, totally, yeah, yeah. Army if they had of a few things? more of those. Yeah. Unstoppable. They could have won. So. We get a, a quick clip here of the battle happening in space, um, but it's just like just kind of a fleeting moment. And then we head back to the uh, the battle in the city and the Republic have started to break through into the city. And uh, we see that the banking clan are behind the the, the overtaking of the city. And oh, yeah. they're, uh, they're a bunch of like whiny, pissy babies, you know, totally. and they send Famous heads. Well, yeah, yeah, they look like penis heads, but they're also just like, oh, the Jedi's are breaking through. Oh, what are we going to do? It's like, get it together, dude. Help us, yeah. somebody. The Jedi's are coming. <laughs> Assholes. They do have something decent in their back pocket, though. What's that? They got a huge motherfucking warrior on a speed bike. They got a motherfucking warrior An on a iron speed bike. Warrior on a speed bike. This is Dirge. Is who this is. Dirge. He, he's a char- Dirge is a stand-up guy. He's a he's a character in the world, and he likes to joust. He's ready to joust. Yeah. He he gets on a speeder bike with a fucking lance. Yes, this guy's like, let's joust. Yeah, <laughs> you he, and me. He gets on a speeder bike, and he's got a squad of speeder bikes along with him. Yeah, with like IG-88s, like with uh, the- they're, they're Lancer droids, these yeah. ones are called. They're and They look fucking awesome. Cool. They're all- You got this fucking speeder bike gang with Lancers. What is happening? I know. They're all black and their bikes are all red. It looks badass. Yeah. I love this. This is something that like, I, I don't know. You can't do this in a movie. You can do only do this in animation. This is- Yeah. You, you got a biker gang on speeder bikes. They're all droids and they have Lances. Like you're gonna joust shit. It's amazing. But even it's like the, it's like the way that they set up the shot, like the camera shot as well. As oh totally, you, you see this this army of them, and then you get this ground level camera of like speeder bike after speeder yeah. bike after speeder bike just blasting past at ground level. Like you just yeah. c- you couldn't do that otherwise, uh, other than an animation. It's it looks so good, man. Yeah, Damn. and I love that these guys just like dominate. You know, you get this gang going out there with their speeder bikes and they just tear these clone troopers apart. Oh, who, yeah. Who were winning the war. Like, and all it takes is a speeder bike gang who's just like rips through everyone. They they burst through 10 of the largest Republic stationary guns in about 10 seconds. It's just like, oh, yeah. they just, they, they all come past, they just touch them and they all explode. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's at this point that I get a real, real good sense that we're going to see a Dirge and uh, Obi-Wan showdown real soon. You know, Tim, I get that sense too. Starting to get that vibe. And I'm really into this, like, this war that's happening, this, like, Star Wars. Like, I don't usually like, I don't like, like, war movies. I don't know if it's just, like, too real, um, where, like, real people died in what I'm watching right now. But, like, Star Wars... That's just fake, and I love it. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I yeah, and I don't know if it's because I got the disconnect to it, but we're right in the middle of it here. Like in this episode, I'm like, yes, keep it going. I love this. I love that the I love that the side I'm against is winning right now because I know our guys. I know Obi Wan's got to hit that floor and come after him. What's well, it's been going back and forth, right? It's like it's like yeah. punch, punch, counter punch, punch, counter punch. It's not just totally. We're not just yeah. seeing the Jedi just come in and overwhelm an army. Like we're seeing we're seeing these like uh, individual battles won and lost on both sides, and like how there's a dynamic in these battles. You know, these clone yeah. troopers took out uh, this big gun, and now the separatists have their own weapon to take out the uh republic's big guns and they send that totally. out so it's like okay now how do we adjust right and you've got you've got obi-wan who's like the general of this army and he's going to be the one um assessing and uh deploying yeah. in different in different areas and then taking charge and doing what he needs to do when the time comes it's like it's really really interesting to watch yeah and i feel like there's a good time to say that uh, i like that it's the beginning of this uh series is highlighting the clone troopers we don't really get anything from the clone troopers in the movies. I don't really know much about them except for what's like been spewed at me through exposition. Um, I love to see these guys like I'm on their side. I love these clone troopers. So it, it like it's just first of all, it's like unbelievably cool armor. Just having like a whole army of these guys who who look like this um, and then just to, you know, have the Jedis on their side and be be with them. I'm like, yeah. I'm totally down with this war. I love these guys in these white suits. Well, I, I mean, I would definitely agree with you because this is the first time we've had a chance to see them as a squad yes. on their own, doing their own yes. thing, right? Like They're not just like following a Jedi into battle. They're without a Jedi and we're getting to see their different ranks and getting to see what they can do. And they're incredible. Like they're amazing. Like let's not forget who they're like who they were cloned off of, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. They're, they're super, super talented characters, but that just doesn't come across in the movies. They don't They do not do any yeah. of that, right? The, the movies focus around the bigger characters, but these are smaller characters, but yeah. equally as interesting if you give them the opportunity to shine. Yeah, I think that's the key that we get to see them in a couple of these episodes on their own. And so we see like, you're right, we see their ranks and then they join up with Jedis later. And then you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, these guys are we, we've already seen them by themselves and, and they're great. And now they're going to join up with the Jedis like this is this is the side that's going to win the war. Yeah, it shows you that that Obi-Wan Kenobi cannot come to this city and de- like defeat it on his own. He needs his team and they need to be doing different things and hitting different targets. And if all of that can happen, then he can assist in, in taking out like the bigger guys. But they need that army to do these smaller hits, right? Like he can't just totally. be the one to run full steam ahead into the battle. Yeah. He, he needs the clones and he, they have like they need to have their orders um, of, of like what to do. And, you know, it has to be it has to be a it has to be a good plan, basically. Yeah. Like you have to have a plan. For sure. So now we get to a really interesting part in the story up until this point we've been following this clone war but now we get to some of the stuff that i love the most and if any mm. anybody who knows me and what i love about star wars will probably know what's what's coming but we're at a cave and we're watching a couple of creatures fight each other and then count dooku shows up and we get to see a ship flying in a yeah, cool ship 
And damn, yeah, damn right. So I was just going to say, he's got one of the coolest ships in the Star Wars universe. It's so fucking cool. So he's got this little ship, which is awesome. He's got this little like glass bubble that's like encased in like this really sharp looking ship that looks like it could just like blast through any sort of other ship that it needed to. And then when it's in, in light speed, it looks like it's getting pulled by like some sort of solar parachute or something. Yeah. Which like when he's, when he comes out of light speed, it like folds up and goes into his ship. It's like, it's super cool. I love it when ships change their form depending on what they're doing. Yeah. Like, you know, light speed, it looks like something, it's got that parachute out the front. And then as soon as it doesn't need to do that anymore, and it needs to enter like a planet's atmosphere. It's got to take that parachute away. So it sucks that back in. Love it. Mm-hmm. Me too. So Dooku's here to find a new apprentice. Now he gets greeted by some weird looking character who's talking another language and walks him into his seat. And he's looking down on this kind of like this pit in a cave of all these cool different characters. There's some droids. There's yeah. a, a Gamorian. There's like a giant weird looking cave wolf or something. And like you want them all to fight each other, right? Totally. A battle royale. You want a battle royale. And that's what we get here. We get the battle royale. But this this character who leads Dooku into his seat and sits down, all of a sudden is in a different costume and is a different person. Like it looks like a Sith, like a Sith, like a menacing looking character, right? Yeah. And Dooku, I don't even think he stops looking down at the pit. He's always just looking forward. Yeah. But he says uh, he he praises this character's infiltration skills, but says he's not looking for a spy. I love that line. It's like, okay, great, you've done great so far, but guess what? We're not looking for a spy. We're looking for a warrior. Yeah. So that pisses this character off. The character leaps yeah. out of the seat into the pit, and like rips the cloak off. It's such a cool scene. The cloak just like disappears yeah. upwards. It gets thrown off so fast and it's just Characters gone. rip cloaks off in amazing ways in this cartoon. I love it. Yeah. And it is none other than Asajj Ventress. And this is her first appearance in the Star Wars universe. And this character was created by Gendy and George Lucas. Cool. So that's this character went on to do great things. Um yeah, Tim, I don't I, I have not watched the 3D Clone Wars series. The only I mean, I started watching a little bit um, the first season, but the only other episodes that I've seen are ones that I've seen with you. So you we've sat down together and you've played me an episode and been like, you got to watch this. It's always an Asajj Ventress episode. Yeah, she's one of the main characters um, in that, and she's just incredible. One of my favorites. So she she's amazing. So powerful. So this this was um, this was canon up until Disney took over. Like this was the the origin of right. Asajj Ventress. But then when Disney takes over, this just gets thrown into that like Legends category. This is just Legends. This is Legends now. Yeah. Oh, that's so disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Because the Clone Wars, the 3D series is canon, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, and this is Legends. This too is bad. Yeah, this is all legend now. It, it, it is too bad because there are so many cool ideas that influenced so much like yeah. Star Wars going forward and you can see it, but no, it's not recognized. Tim, this is the first time I've been disappointed in Disney. Oh, well, I mean, as soon as they made that announcement, 
that they were decanonizing all that other stuff, that's when I was yeah. like, well, that's that's not right. Like, why why yeah. do you need to do that? Why can't you just start making your own stories again and and like have it be your your universe and call it what you want to? But why, why do you have to cancel something else out? And and for that matter, why does it all have to be perfect anyways? Like, if something happened, you know, in a comic book. 30 years ago or whatever like who fucking cares like it's a your it's your new movie right like do what you want to do with it yeah you, you might get some people saying like well you know on you know page 17 um line a uh, sentence number seven of this comic book you know it's clearly stated that he would never do this it's not in his character well, i mean those people can whatever you know yeah i'm uh i'm 100 percent with you i think uh canon is whatever like who like in anything in any any sort of um property who cares about canon just tell a story about yeah. the character what, what i don't matter? care how it fills in with that character's like 40 50 60 year history <laughs> i don't care like just tell a story yeah it's all good man just you know, yeah take it easy you know take it just easy relax just re- fucking relax a little bit you just know fucking relax fuck people if tim did a perfect impression of your voice we apologize please keep listening <laughs> that's definitely not a perfect impression I promise you that it would be like hmm but when pardon me excuse me sir i have a question i was well i have a question in the back here about uh, issue 17 from 1973 page 14 and if you look at panel number four the the fourth word in the sentence clearly was not something that anakin would say could you could you please you comment on could that you... <laughs> please <laughs> exactly what's your what's your comment on that He's like, uh, all right, um, all right, bro. Yeah, take it easy, man. Some someone else did the lettering. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember that. I don't remember that word. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't comment. Oh all right. boy. Well, what uh, what Asajj does here is she takes out every one of the other characters in the battle. Now, I, I like I like doing stuff like this, Dean. But I counted because I needed to know. She killed Perfect. she killed 15 guys in 19 seconds. That is a sick stat, Tim. It it's that's a good one. Hey, not 15 guys in 19 seconds. And then she decided to take her time with the last eight. I guess they were the toughest ones. So she <laughs> she took her time. 30 seconds for the last eight. Oh, cool, cool. And then Dooku, he stands up and he's applauding her. And just everyone's dead. It's just Dooku and her. And it's that yeah. slow, like slow clap 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 like he's very impressed and he says he says you are more powerful than i had sensed and then she says in the coolest voice ever this this assage ventress voice is better than the other one in the clone wars which is very cool as well but this one is better she, she says the dark side is strong in me for i am sith and aduku he breaks out in in like loud laughter when she says that it's really cool it's great. He says, uh, he says she's no Sith. Yeah. And then from his like um, elevated viewing platform from above, he just slowly levitates up and slowly floats down to her level and lands right in front of her. And he yeah. says that she lacks one quality of the Sith. No fear. Yeah. And she, she's insulted by that. Totally. And, and attacks him. And he just electrocutes the living shit out of her. Like he's got electricity coming out of all 10 fingers. 
Oh, yeah. He gives her a little taste of infinite power right there. Yeah, definitely did. Definitely did. And then, yeah, uh, I, then, then, she, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, I like Asajj in this battle because, like, like you said, she kills guys so quickly. But then, like, before she really needs it, um, she's just using, like, the force. But then she whips out two lightsabers and she's got a blue and a, a blue and a green one. What the fuck did she get those? Don't know. She may have killed a couple Jedis. She killed some Jedis. That's she, how she, she got those. She killed a blue killed, and a green. Probably did. Totally. Uh, she's a, she's, she's like, badass. She's badass. So powerful. I love it. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know if we've seen a character with that type of power that's not a Sith up until this point. Right. Like those. Uh, those yeah. characters always are Sith, right? Like you see, right? With that. With that amount of power. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 a. Interesting point. I keep trying to I keep trying to jump back to like me having seen this at the yeah. time it came out and having it have been canon at the time. And you get these new things about the universe that uh you like if you were to watch it now, you kind of take for granted. But um yeah, she was like this ultra powerful character back then. Yeah, she does it with such ease. Like when she jumps down into that pit, she just relies on the forest right away. Like she doesn't blast out those lightsabers for a while yeah yeah she was yeah using a lot of the force yeah and just like and and so easily like you know just a little bit of a push and everyone's flying away like no one can even deal with it at all yeah i love that we get this battle royale where it's like dooku's here to find the one winner and he wants to see if like that one person is worthy of you know signing on to his team it is what i wish we got with that darth vader comic because, like, we were in a room and the Emperor's like, yeah, go at it. Like, everybody fight each other. And then as soon as one person died, they were like, okay, cut it off. We're done. I like this battle royale. If that happened here, that would be very unsatisfying. Oh, totally. If she just, like, killed one person and then Duke was like, Kate, Kate, stop. Let's, like, all be friends. Yeah. Um, she wakes up from her electrocution and she's at uh, Duku's lair. They start going at it again. He attacks her. And he's insulting her as they go. I love it. He's just telling oh, her. Yeah, he's amazing. telling her how shitty she is. It's and, amazing. And he he beats her easily again. This is more yeah. of like a lightsaber fight. Um, he I think he like placed her lightsabers near her so she could have them. And as soon as she kind of like uses the force to do something decent, like pulls like a giant rock off the wall and like sends it towards him, he stops it. Um, uses the force to take her lightsabers away and cuts them both in half and just ends the battle with like his lightsaber to her throat and that's incredible oh he is incredible and then um then he gives her one more jab and uh he's like uh it would not be so easy to defeat a sith he's so sarcastic about everything totally like yeah he's still on her about her not being a sith now dooku says have you been watching master and i love it we get a hologram of sidious who's been watching the whole time. Of course he has. And dude, I love, I hadn't really thought about this until uh, rewatching this, but I love how Sidious has that crab walker that carries his hologram around. Like whenever anybody else does holographic messages, it's just them standing there, right? Like talking to a droid, recording it. But Sidious is so badass that he's got a, like a mechanical crab 
to walk him point. around. Like he's walking yeah. in this one. He's at the top of a staircase and the crab like slowly walks him down the stairs. He <laughs> walks his hologram. On. It's like when it. you Dooku, Dooku, when you when you defeat Ventress, like I want to have like a great entrance. I want to fucking walk down the stairs. Totally. Like, can we do that? Can we can we figure that out in any way? Can we get some more <laughs> of those crab walkers? That would be great. Exactly. So dramatic, this guy. It is. Yeah. I love that Sidious here. He says, the child's skills with a lightsaber are most impressive and that Dooku has found a promising disciple. Yeah. I, I love this because Dooku just smashed her in no time flat. Yeah. But yet Sidious is impressed with her skill. Like that just shows you how much of a badass Dooku is. Because I know maybe Sidious was expecting her to last like one second and she lasted 10 and he's impressed yeah. by her performance, which was to us looked pathetic. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, re- it's really, really neat. It, it is really cool because like Dooku does a great job in Attack of the Clones. Um, you know, he fights off everybody and wins that. But then we, we go to Revenge of the Sith and he, you know, gets his head chopped off in the first 10 minutes of the movie. That was that too seems, bad. It seems really weird. Honestly, if you're just watching the movies and you just transition from him kicking ass and that was the end of that movie. And then all of a sudden you you go, like if you're watching them back to back and you go immediately into Revenge of the Sith and he just gets his head just like chopped off and you know of n- no progress that Anakin's made. Like all you know is what you watched in that movie. It really doesn't make it a doesn't lot make of sense. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, this guy just battled, he just battled Master Yoda and now Anakin's chopping his head off, you know? That always was, uh, never sat well with me. Yeah, you know what makes sense if you have this whole war between them, this whole clones war where like Dooku is super powerful on the one side and Anakin is like gaining his strength on the other side eventually to get up to the point where he can kill Dooku. It just doesn't make sense hopping from movie to movie. Definitely. And he just honestly that first like 10 15 minutes of uh Revenge of the Sith doesn't even seem like it's part of that movie. It honestly seems like it should be just like the final episode of clone wars yeah and that's how that should have ended mm-hmm. um yeah. yeah it's really weird i agree but like i, I like seeing dooku just like crushing here yeah i love i love dooku yeah so sidious tells asajj that she will go find anakin and eliminate him cool and uh yeah she's down that's great she's uh, happy to be on board right oh yeah she hates the jedi she does they're arrogant mm. they're arrogant you, yeah. you can look at them that way well, I like I like that uh, in this cartoon, we're not going away from what George Lucas has set up in the first couple movies, which is that the Jedis are kind of sitting on their high thrones and they're like, like, yeah, we're the fucking best and we we can make all the decisions and like they're very arrogant and very vain and they don't really see what's coming and that's their downfall. Mm-hmm. You know, like they don't mm-hmm. see that there's anything really happening with like with Sidious they right. don't see that that's really going on and they end up being destroyed because of it because they just think they're at the top. Hmm. And like, that's why Yoda kind of runs away and goes like in hiding into a different planet because he realizes he's a huge failure. So I like that, like in this um, cartoon, we're still sticking with that. We're still sticking with that. The Sith are kind of in place because the Jedi's, are this like arrogant bunch of, you know, mystical wizards who just think they're above everything and are really paying attention to everything that's going on in the world. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you here on this one. 
I I don't like the word arrogant um, when referring to the Jedi. I think what you have here is you have the Jedi who realize an impending evil that is being formulated, right? And that's that's the the Empire. Okay, they don't know that Palpatine is at the head of it, but they do see that this like this war and this this devastation is brewing and that if they don't do something to stop it um like the galaxy is going to get taken over and the empire is taking over all these small planets right like one after another they're taking they're going in and they're ruling these planets now some of these planets could see the jedi come in and almost force their influence right if you have let's say a peace a peacekeeping planet who doesn't want to get involved with this war, right? And the Jedi's come down and they say, look, if you don't get involved in this war, you're going to get wiped out, right? So in in a way, yes, they're being arrogant because they're they're talking, maybe po- talking down to like a weaker race who doesn't want to fight or doesn't want to be involved, but they're doing it to try to save them, right? So if they don't say anything, the Empire comes in, either sets up like, um, I don't know, they, they set up control, they have control over these people, or they just wipe them out. Right, so the Jedi are the right. they're the knowledge keepers of that, right? So they are going out trying to share this information with people that other people don't know. So could that come across as arrogant to these people? A hundred percent. But these people don't have the knowledge that the Jedi have that this like this fucking evil force is coming and that they need to do something to stop it, right? So I, I've never liked that. Um, argument that the Jedi are just arrogant. They they have knowledge and abilities that nobody else has, and they're using it because they see what's coming, and they're like doing what they can to fight this war, with there only being you know whatever, however many hundred of them. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. But I I think they're very like reactive instead of proactive. Like if they see something coming. They don't really go out and do anything about it. Like the only time if we just take the movies, because that's all I had before I watched this series is they only react to things. They only go out. They sit on their thrones. You know, they sit in that room in that Jedi Council. The entire movies, the only times they come out of there is if something is in like dire shape. If somebody like somebody, one of their Jedis is about to die and they have to save them. I don't feel like they're getting out ahead of anything, even though they know something's brewing. They're not really doing anything to get out ahead of it. Yeah, so that's our dis- that's our disconnect here. Then is that you're coming from the point of view of the movies, and I've seen a bit more um, content. I think so. Having gone through all of the Clone Wars animated, um, you get a lot of additional information from that. So, uh, so I, I definitely see where you're coming from. Yeah, I feel like it, it, with just the movies, like Yoda feels like he's a huge failure because this is all happening under his nose and he didn't know about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agre- agreed. So Sidious and Dooku continue talking after sending Asajj off. And Dooku says that she will be more than a match for Skywalker. And Sidious says it matters not. Love it. She is merely an instrument to bring forth the eradication of the Jedi. Cool. Very I, cool. I love um, I love Sidious. For anybody who doesn't know, I love Sidious. Mm-hmm. I love Vader. 
mm-hmm. think I love the bad guys more than the good guys. You do. I do. So I love. I, I love, I love that. them too. I love them too because they're uh, some of their arcs are more interesting. Uh, yeah, than they some are of the good guys. Um, I mean, not necessarily Sidious. He doesn't have like a fantastic arc. I think I just, I just like him because he's like kind of the master planner. And this point where he says uh, this to Dooku, it really rings for me um, with Revenge of the Sith coming up where he knows this point shows us that he knows what the end goal is. And the end goal is that we're killing all the Jedis and Anakin's doing it for us. And that's cool that in this moment, he already knows that. And that Anakin's killing Dooku, right? To become his new apprentice. <laughs> very like true. It's, this, all this very stuff true. that goes on, like yeah. Sidious is planning this to get Dooku killed. It's like, I, yeah. I love it. It's so cool. Totally. Yeah, Insidious's mind right now, he knows all the points. Like, he knows every single plot point that's going to happen, and it's going to end up being Anakin killing Jedis. Yeah. I I, I really love that it's because cool. you watch you watch the movies and you don't necessarily know that that was his exact plan. You think he might be just, like, going with the flow. He's trying to win over Anakin, but right. then, like, this also just turned out. But, like, seeing this, it's like, yeah. He had everything. This was his plan all along. He had everything mapped out from the beginning. I love that. He's talking to Dooku. <laughs> And he's actually going to be killing him. Yeah. Anakin's going to be killing him. She'll be a a good match for Anakin. And it's like, oh, that's just a warm up for when he cuts your head off. He's like, she is merely an instrument to bring forth the eradication of the Jedi. And then as he's walking off on his crab walker under his breath, he's like, and you too, Dooku. (laughs) You, your head will be off. You as well. Off with his head. Yeah. Oh, anyways, we get back to Dirge and uh, Dirge beating the living hell out of the Republic Army with his speeder bike gang. But uh, uh, Obi-Wan gets alerted and he says, mount up. So he he gets on a speeder bike of his own with a speeder bike crew of his own. And And he's got clone trooper armor on. Yeah, yeah, he looks cool in clone trooper armor. He looks so cool. You're like, Love wait, who, who's this clone trooper at the front who's wearing Obi-Wan's vest and cape? Yeah, it looks awesome. And uh, so the two gangs, they they start fighting. And oh, dude, fucking clones and lancer droids are flying everywhere. It's amazing. It's so good. And then Dirge and Kenobi finally engage on the speeder mm-hmm. bike and Dirge gets the best of it. So Kenobi needs to resort to his lightsaber here. Yeah. And uh, he gets Dirge off the speeder bike, and then uh, they get a little bit of a fight going, and Obi-Wan stabs him through the chest, which Dirge seemed to actually enjoy, because he starts laughing. It's like it was uh, maybe pleasurable for him or something, and he just starts pummeling the shit out of Kenobi. Yeah, and this moment is really cool, because just before this, when we were talking about the cave battle, um, Asajj had like slashed someone with a lightsaber, and they just kind of stood there. And then they fell over. And then like our very next little short here, Obi-Wan sticks the lightsaber through Dirge and we kind of freeze frame on that for three like solid seconds. And you're just sort of thinking, okay, this is just the killing blow. Like they're showing us like the kill, the kill shot and we're just going to sit on it and then Dirge is going to fall over. But he doesn't. He loves having the lightsaber in his chest. He laughs. He punches Obi-Wan a bunch of times with the lightsaber still in his chest. Not like he removes it or anything. So it it just plays with us. Like, Gendy's just playing with us here. Yeah. 
So they uh, they fight a bit more, uh, but Kenobi ends up cutting off one of Dirge's arms and then cuts him in half at the waist. Yep. But... But what? Dirge will not be so easily defeated. And Why? Bef- just before we cut scenes away, we see that his arm starts to reattach itself to his body. Yeah, what the hell is this? Yeah, what the hell's going on? What's going on? But, what uh, is Dirge? Yeah, I know. But uh, Obi-Wan takes off. Uh, he's going back. He wants to meet up with his clone troops at the Citadel, the top of the Citadel, in the heart of the city. And right now yeah. he's outside of the city. It takes right. him probably 15 seconds to get to the center of the city to drive straight up the Citadel to the highest point and leap off his speeder and land in front of his troops where so they're waiting cool. for him. Yeah, it's so cool. It's just – it's. It all happens so fast. It's oh man, it was awesome. That's the thing about this cartoon is it, it the speed, the speed of battle. Yeah. Like he I think he cuts pretty quickly between like power poses where there's not like a lot of there's not a lot of animation in between. It's just like a strong pose to a strong pose in a different like um you know like like posing in a different way so you your mind kind of fills in the gaps of how they got there and it it feels very fast. Yeah, there's not a lot of in-between frames. Yeah. That's a, that's so a good point. So it feels point. like they're moving like like really quickly. Yeah. So Obi-Wan is with the clones at the top of the Citadel. And they all head inside to take out the whiny banking clan. Yeah, get them out of there. Get them out, those crybabies. And guess who's back? Dur- Dirge um, is back. How? He shows he up. cut in half. He, apparently, he got there pretty quick, too. But he shows up, and the clones start blasting the shit out of him as soon as they see him. He comes out of the smoke unharmed. So they light him up again with even bigger weapons. Yeah, and he's just like, he's just like muscular man right now. Like yeah, he's, he's like bigger now. He's just pure muscle. Yeah, but you know what? He comes out of the smoke again. But this time... Yeah, like you said, he's in like his true form. Like his armor yeah. has been blown off. And it, it's kind of cool. It's like he was almost, his true form was almost being contained by that armor. Interesting. So when it yeah. gets exploded off of him, his kind of, he's like burst out of it now. He's not like contained in it anymore. And uh, yeah, he's like, I don't know, he's like four or five times the size. And he just starts fucking letting loose on the clones. And like yeah. he takes all of them out with with no problem. He's like shooting his arm way out, like it's extending like super far, and he's like slashing people with it. And he's some they can't really do anything against him. No, he's some weird sort of creature. I know he's he's really weird. Yeah, and like even Obi Wan's having trouble, and he ends up um, a dirge ends up absorbing Obi Wan into his chest. Yeah, like weird. consumes him. Yeah, uh, which turns out to be a bad idea. Because Obi-Wan like just forces his way out eventually. And you get this like the saddest like death groan from Dirge just before he explodes. Totally. It's like this like sad lost puppy kind of whine. Yeah. And then he just explodes (laughs) into slime going in all directions. Amazing. He's finally dead, that fucker. Yeah, it's hard to kill that guy. Yeah, no doubt. That was tough. Now we go back up into space where Anakin is leading his first command. And oh, yeah. man, there's some cool dogfights going on. 
Like really, yeah, this really... is a really cool part because you get to see Anakin as a great pilot, which is what we keep hearing in the movies, but never actually get to see. Yeah, um, you know, we kind of we kind of see it a little bit, but not like this. This shows you that he can. He's just taken every all these like droid ships out left and right. Like he is an amazing shooter, an amazing flyer to get through it all. And again, it is so fast paced. Like this is super fast animation. It is. That really, 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 really cool animation up in space. Really like, yeah, like you said, fast movements. Um, Anakin's just like tearing through everybody, but comes up against a pretty large army. And he he orders to um, one of the ships and he just says like, you know, fire all the missiles you have at these coordinates. And the ship is like, well, there's nobody that there's nobody at those coordinates. What are you talking about? And he's like, just do it. And it's this moment where. They fire all these missile missiles across the bow of this ship where there's nothing. And then at the last second, Anakin's ship pops up and the missiles just miss him and then start hitting all the ships that are coming up behind him. And they yeah. just like take out this whole fleet of ships. But a bunch of the missiles, these homing missiles actually tracked onto his ship as well. And, True, yeah. and he just sees it and he's like ever so calm and he uses them like as weapons for himself and he like has them follow him. He flies into one of these like space stations and uses those homing missiles to like explode and blow up a bunch of shit on the inside of the space station and uses it basically to like destroy the entire station. Amazing. And this, this whole time he's like, he's just, the look on his face is pure calm the whole time. Every, every, every scene up in outer space here, he's got this straight, laced look on his face like as if nothing is even happening yeah and the key to that the key to the calmness um i i mean i watched this like three times right before we we did this podcast just because i couldn't stop watching it the key to me is when he asked them to fire all their missiles when he's like flying up towards where the missiles are going to come out one of the missiles shoots past before he gets there so this is a point where he didn't quite time it right with when to tell them to fire and when he would be past it. So when he sees one of the missiles fly by, he knows he's going to have to kind of weave his way through them if he's going to escape. So you know, like in that moment, it's actually a really tense moment and he looks so calm in that moment. So he sees one fly by and then he is able to navigate through them as they're flying by, but none of those droid ship can do that. They're just crashing into all those missiles so i thought that was really cool that it wasn't just that he perfectly timed it and the missiles just came in right after him they actually came in before him and he had to fly through it so basically they kind of win that space battle and anakin and all his ship buddies are flying and then a new ship comes in and starts just cutting through uh the republic ships yeah interesting point because it looked like they were they had won. It looked like, like, they it, looked just like it was won. over and they were kind of doing their victory lap. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, let's just like uh, ride around for a bit because we're the victors. And then they all just start blowing up behind Anakin. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Anakin gets in a dogfight with this new ship and it's uh, Asajj Ventress's ship. And they're heading straight towards each other. And you can see they're both kind of like turning slowly in different directions. And we get this like real close up view from Anakin's ship looking down at her. And they're both firing at each other. 
and just yeah. slowly missing as they're slowly turning. And then just as they're about to kind of hit each other or pass each other, that's the end of the first 10 episodes. That's it? Yeah. What a bad place to end, eh? Yeah. We're done? But that's it. That's the end of the first the first season. But we're going to come back. We're going to do more. We're going to do the other two seasons. Uh, Great. I'm glad. This, this, this content is so amazing we have to talk more about it we have to share it i love it i it's love fantastic. it it's so great um, i actually really like i really like that this exists um i haven't watched the other clone wars series but i'm sure it's great as well i just love that the content of the clone wars exists out there and i'm actually glad it's in animation because they can do more with it they can make it more of a battle um than they could maybe in the movies yeah agreed well Let's get to what if. Let's do it. What if? All right. This is the portion of our show where we like to speculate on whether this or that happened or you know, something, something new, something interesting to talk about. We're not trying to change the story. We're just looking for a bit of a jumping off point to have a bit of a discussion. So as I always like to say, this is a safe place for ideas. And Dean, I just think, what if they gave us a live action movie like this one, like the quick clips, all action, which is pretty much what this is. This, this animation is Mostly all action moments, the stories being told through the action. Yes, very true. What if what if we got a live action movie that was just two hours of action? A live action movie, you're saying? Yeah. Not three minute clips. No, no. But I mean, what this essentially is, is a two hour movie. Yeah. Put all together. Right. So what okay. if, what if d- there's no, like, I mean... The background for this story is told in the Attack of the Clones movie, right? So there is background yeah. to it. But I guess what if there's there aren't these like moments of dialogue, right? You don't have two characters talking to each other for more than like five seconds where it's just – it's short and sweet. It's like mm. this is what's going on here right in this moment. There's right. no there's no fat, right? This is this – an, this animation is all meat, right? Everything – that doesn't belong has been shaved off to give us the most exciting like action animated movie that we could get. And what if, what if we got a live action like that? Like what would that look like in this universe? Would it, it would obviously look very different because none of the other movies are like this. They're all very heavily story driven, but what if yeah. one of these one-offs that they do is just something like this, like this hardcore action, nonstop, super fun, over-the-top, powerful moment movie. Um, it would be fantastic. I think it might I think it might change the way they do Star Wars movies. Yeah, it could. I think there are moments in the movies. Um, I think especially the new trilogy, there are moments in the movies where they take a step back and they slow down and they just give us like something really cool, like a really cool visual moment that kind of tells a story. The one that kind of pops in my head is just in the force awakens when, um, Finn is first like 
on the battlefield in his stormtrooper armor and he gets like a bloody hand on his stormtrooper mask and it just kind of like streaks down his face and all you get there you don't get like any talking or anything but you know that like okay these stormtroopers are real people and this one's bleeding on his friend and it's like that one visual moment um that really gets you and this entire series reminded me of that one moment like there's so many of those in this series. I think it could really play. It could really work. That one moment with Finn was probably more character development than all of the other dialogue that was done for his character through all the movies. Like just these 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 visual moments that can just stick with you. Like like we said, that two second clip of Anakin floating up in his in his spaceship. Yeah. And just like putting his hand out to say goodbye to Padme, they said no words to each other, but you knew exactly, exactly what was going on. And it was yeah. more heartfelt than any of their sappy conversations in in all those movies. Like it was more impactful because of that. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I, and totally. And that that like Finn scene is so impactful just because of color. Yeah. They're in like pristine white out, outfits and uniforms that's so shiny and that's all we've seen is these guys in these white like these soldiers and they all look the same because they're in this white armor and then all of a sudden you get one of them dying and reaching out for his friend and he puts a bloody handprint on his friend's mask and yeah it's just it tells the story with color and i think if you told an entire movie that was you know like you said like kind of battle driven like this cartoon is I think it could work. I mean, you got to use, you kind of got to use side characters, I think, for it, but I think it works. Yeah, I'd be interested to see that. I mean, there's no reason I wouldn't want to see that, you know, even just to see how it turns out, but I think it'd be great. I think there's things you wouldn't be able to do as well as in the animation, but at the same time, I mean, I'd be, I'd be down for a full-on action, nonstop full on action, full-on action and like, Star Wars movie. Like very powerful Jedi. Yes. Yep. Because that's what I got out of this. I was like, oh, man, Obi-Wan, like, I already knew he was great, but, like, he is a fucking badass. He was, like, he was, like, blocking away flamethrowers. He was, like, blocking away laser, like, shots at him. He can, he can do anything, man. This guy's powerful. And I, I like seeing the super powerful Jedis. I, I really like that. Yeah, it's fun to they watch. Get talk, they get talked up so much in the movies. I want to see it. I want to see them in their prime. Let's see what they used to be. Exactly, exactly. Well, anybody listening, uh, this is up on YouTube, The, uh, the this Clone Wars animation. If you just search for uh, Clone Wars and, and Gendi uh, Tarkovsky, you'll, you'll find this. So check it out. It's a lot of fun. And it's great. It's, it's fantastic. It's, great. It's, it's really, really, really good Star Wars content. So Dean, Diener, Diener is your name this Tim? episode. Timmy. <laughs> thank, thank you for joining. It was You're a lot welcome. of fun. Happy Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. As, as with you. And thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. everybody i'm Corey, and i'm zach and we're the hosts of podcasting after dark a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s 
often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.